And joining us for further look on what's playing itself out on that market scene, I'm joined by Wayne McCurry from FNB Wealth and Investments. Wayne, a good afternoon to you. Always a pleasure. Yes, thank you. Wayne, uh, I can see today, I think markets are kind of, um, I would say, in the dull. I'm wondering if we're waiting for that CPI print to come out of the U.S. to gain more direction. Look, that, yeah, look, that will be a very, very important number when it comes out. I don't think it's going to be a negative number. In fact, I think it might be a slightly positive number. In other words, inflation coming in a bit lower than expected. And that will set the market direction. So you can see yesterday our market was also lackluster. Today is also relatively lackluster and slightly on the negative side. So you're quite correct. We're all waiting for that inflation number. I'm keen to get into some company news today. There's a lot happening uh, from our JC uh, companies, maybe starting with NASPAS process. I think that's a, a quite a strong performance and a strong showing for them. I have seen that the share prices are in the red today. I'm wondering uh, what investors are making uh, of this performance. They have said that they are reevaluating how long it might take for the e-commerce business uh, you know, to uh, be in the black. And they've actually moved that date forward. Yeah, look... They've shared marginally down, you know, both of them, nice pass and process are marginally down. So on a slightly down day, I don't think this is a reflection of the results. They have told, been telling us this for a long time, that they're moving towards profitability. They're sorting out the e-commerce. They got rid of OLX Auto. But, I mean, just maybe beforehand, as a general comment, it's a very messy set of accounts, as you would mm. expect, unfortunately, from nice because there are so many moving parts to the company. And when you look at the overall earnings, it's very different to the core continued operation earnings. So it's it's not the easiest set of financial statements to actually interpret and, in, and interrogate. But just coming back to your, to your comment and your question, the core headline earnings actually did turn around quite massively. So the earnings per share are up 140-odd percent compared to the last period. So as a summary, NASPAS and Process are living up to their intention of turning their underlying non-10 cent businesses, restructuring them and getting them into a profitable situation, probably a little bit sooner, as they've said now, certainly on the e-commerce side than anticipated. We're still going to wait for the food delivery because that's also a major, major part of, of their business. Uh, you know, they're getting good turnover growth. Their, their, their businesses seem to be doing quite well. But, uh, you know, we've still got to wait, I suppose, for the turnaround in that in that sector. The fintech seem to be doing quite well. The edutech seem to be doing quite well. So it is a good set of results, but largely anticipated by the market. I must ask you, Wayne, uh, we are seeing, uh, you know, the, the unbundling of that complex cross-holding structure. With that, will we see a simpler set of numbers? Hopefully we do get that, yes. We're keen to get your thoughts also on PEPCOR. Uh, they've released a set of numbers uh, showing a 7.7% growth in revenue. Uh, speaking about them, they're banking on the festive season, I guess, and uh, back to school. It has been a difficult one for retailers, hasn't it? Yes, it's been very, very difficult. I mean, these results were not were not all that good, to be honest. I mean, I think by and large, the market was anticipating it. The share price is down 2%. So when you look at their, at their numbers, I mean, the turnover growth wasn't bad at 8%. But, you know, inflation probably for them will average 3 to 4%. So there's not a great uh, increase in actual 
and volumes going through the business, and the earnings were, you know, slightly down. You know, the dividends down twelve percent, the headline earnings down nine percent. So it's not a it's not a good set of results. They generated a lot of a lot of cash. You know, they so they had very very good cash flows here, and you know they're doing the, the expansion in Brazil, and they you know so they're spending quite a bit of money there. But uh, yeah, I mean everyone I suppose is waiting for. The, the festive season sales and let's see what the Good Friday was like and all of that. I mean, the the part of their business that's not doing so well is uh, let's call it the uh, the food, uh, the furniture, appliances, and electronic sector. That's a, a little bit difficult for them, and the building material sector as well. Also keen to touch on the Vukilia property fund, a smaller one, uh, but I think important uh, maybe to reflect on uh, them being in Spain and what that's done for the company. Of course, we know the property sector in South Africa also remains quite challenging. But um, what I am finding, uh, Wayne, is that those companies that are slightly more uh, diversified geographically are faring better. Yes. Look, when you read all the property companies that have come out recently, Growth Point, etc., the market has turned. We are over the worst. It doesn't mean the market's good, but we are over the worst. And Bukele is showing exactly the same as all the other ones. You know, they're getting lower vacancies. They're getting slightly better rentals. Um, there's a thing called rental reversion. In other words, when your lease, when your when your lease expires, you go and renegotiate a new lease with your landlord and they were negative numbers, strongly negative numbers across the board. Whereas now either those numbers are less negative or in the Vukele's case, they've actually turned positive, which is a very, very good uh, sign. You know, they're getting a decent appreciation in the value of the underlying assets. You know, the revaluation of the assets looks, looks good. And their balance sheet is actually looking quite good. So this is actually a reasonably good set of results. And as I said, we're seeing this across all the property companies. We're definitely over the worst in property. And as you correctly mentioned, the more diversified, the better. I'm also keen to hear your thoughts on Exaro. Of course, they're uh, keen to sell their ferro alloys uh, unit there. They are also looking for greener assets. The demand and supply dynamic of green assets, Wayne, uh, could that lead to some companies overpaying uh, for some of uh, these uh, green ore bodies? Unfortunately, yes. Yes, it's always the case when you get these major, major moves in the economy and in markets and that and something new comes along. That green's not new, but the acceleration into green by all the mining and resource companies is quite dramatic. I mean, they, they've, they've got to do something, you know, uh, in that respect. So they may overpay, but you can look, when you look at Exara, so what they did was they released a, a pre-closed message from their financial director and understand we're in a commodity down cycle. So when you look at their numbers, I mean, the, the, the revenue they got from coal per ton is halved. You know, so you, we have to understand that we're in a commodity down cycle, and of course it's going to be tough. So Sibanya is going to retrench, the platinum mines are going to retrench, uh, Sibanya is restructuring uh, uh, Stillwater. They're doing a massive, massive uh, debt issue to try and stay solvent, essentially. This is very typical for the bottom of, of a commodity cycle. So Exaro, clearly, as I said, the coal price is down 
quite dramatically. Their sales are also down very slightly on coal. But, you know, even when you look at, at iron ore, the iron ore price, you know, it also is slightly down on the time period. So all of this is very typical of the bottom of a commodity cycle. Well, Wayne, I'm keen to reflect on on your stock pick. But before uh, we do that, let's take a look at counters that have found favour with your industry peers. I would go with pick and pay. As I've said, you know, the business trades at a fraction of the valuation of, of ShopRite. And my belief is that Sean Summers, who ran the business very successfully 20 years ago, will ultimately turn this business around into a smaller but more profitable business. Bitcorp, um, I, I think global, global growth is slowing, but in reality, the, in the economies in which they operate, eating out is a norm. And there's been a big trend away from buying to cook and eating out. These, those economies are generally high GDP per capita economies. So even when things are struggling, people tend not to revert towards the retail. It's cheap, highly cash generative, um, and well diversified across major developed economies. Nike, it was very difficult to find because a lot of these stocks have run very, very hard. It's a couple of problems in China, but uh, overall in inventory levels will be brought under control. And, and you can't argue with a brand like Nike. That's uh, It's uh, a business that uh, is a true blue chip and a lot cheaper than it has been in a while. So mm. worth adding to a portfolio at this stage. All right, Wayne, can you get your thoughts on some of those counters? We have Pick and Pay, Bitcorp, as well as Nike. No, look, just on pick and pay, you're taking a risk buying the shares now. It may be a very profitable investment. So I certainly understand the sort of deep value argument on pick and pay that, you know, things can't get any worse. They've done a lot to change the company. They're going to do a lot. Uh, Sean's going to come in and sort everything out. So there may be, well, there is enormous upside. I'm just not too sure when it's going to happen. Because to turn a ship like that doesn't happen in months. You know, it happens over an extended time period. You know, they've got so much catching up to do to even get up to Woolworths or to get up to Spa, let alone to get close to, to, to ShopRite, which is clearly the leader. So I recognize the upside, but on pick and pay, I would be a little bit cautious. And then the second one was Pepco. It was, it was Bitcorp. Yeah, well, Bitcorp, okay, sorry. Bitcorp is a fantastic company. Make no mistake about that. I entirely support that uh, that recommendation. They they're in exactly the right parts of the market. They're so diversified overseas. So I would I would strongly actually support uh, uh, Bit Bitcorp on that. And then on on Nike, and um, this was a company I looked into you know literally a couple of weeks ago, and I also like it. The share price has come down from about one hundred and seventy dollars to one hundred and ten. You know, as your commentator mentioned, they have got some overstocking issues, but they'll work their way through that. And this is a quality company. So I, I, I would also strongly support that one. And which counter are you going with this afternoon, Wayne? And I'm going with Richmond. Mm. Richmond's share price has come down from 3300 a share to about 2300 But more importantly, its rating against other luxury goods companies falls far behind them. It's, in other words, it's the most unloved by the market of all the major luxury goods companies. And it's got excellent brands as good as all the other all the other companies. And the last set of results were not great, you know, but they can recover from that. And we had a few very specific instances 
where they had uh, some difficulties in the last reporting period. So purely on a quality and evaluation basis, I'll go for Richmond. Oh, Wayne, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. That was your Midday Markets Update with Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments.